0: Good evening, guys, and welcome to episode 33 of the Christopher Anastasio podcast. It is Monday, September 21st, 2020, and um, once again, I'm recording this rather early in the morning, <laughs> um, and not as early as I'd hoped, so um, a little challenging getting uh, out of the gate here on Monday morning, um, but uh, nonetheless, guys, uh, you know, hope everybody had a great weekend, um, you know, super productive weekend uh, for me. From my perspective, um, you know, I'm really focusing on using weekends now for, um, you know, just just education, training, learning, strategizing, things of that nature. Doing less tactical work and doing more strategic work. Just trying to expand, you know, my knowledge base uh, across a variety of verticals. Um, so it was it was really it was really uh, an ideal kind of weekend for me uh to make sure that I'm that I'm focused on my family and spending time with them uh to the maximum extent possible so I just really used that very early morning slice of time to um, to focus on you know development you know my own development in terms of uh, learning new financial concepts or brushing up on them uh learning new social media marketing concepts or brushing up on them uh things of that nature so very successful. We can also finish the book, Thank You, Economy, by Gary Vaynerchuk. That was the last Gary V book that I have in my possession. There's one that I'm missing, actually, uh, the Ask Gary V uh, book. Um, but all the ones that I have, that was the last one I needed to read. So knock knocked that one out. It was from quite some time ago, 2011. So a little bit dated, but some very interesting predictions that Gary makes that uh, they came true. So that aside, uh, yeah, good weekend. Finish that book. Uh, did some learning and some education on the concept that I want to talk to you guys about today. And that's gonna be about whole life insurance and what's called infinite banking. Okay, or infinite banking concept. So you might see it written as IBC. And it's kind of, you know, I gotta set this up for you guys. There's a little bit of a backstory here to for this to make sense. I've never even brought this up on the previous 32 episodes. I mean, I know I've never even mentioned Insurance to you guys, or whole life, or term. I mean, none of that. So, I got to give you a little bit of background on how I even arrived at this point. Um, and it is very recent. This is something I've kind of been reintroduced to. I'll explain why I say reintroduced a little bit later. Um, but something I've been reintroduced to over the last few weeks. And basically, the way that happened was this other effort that I've talked about here on the podcast with you guys, where I've been working with a gentleman, CPA, wealth planner. Uh, just trying to help him market his product and services. And, you know, I'd met him through Fiverr. I mean, you guys probably know this story already if you're following the podcast. But, you know, I met him through Fiverr. We went offline. We've been, you know, strategizing and talking about different ways that we can we can uh, work on his marketing since about July timeframe. And in August, uh, he purchased this virtual advisor appointment engine, or V-A-A-E, or Vay, is how you'll hear me refer to it, uh, this VEI product uh, that that shows you know financial professionals, financial advisors, insurance agents, etc. how to essentially create an automated mechanism, an automated pipeline utilizing YouTube to draw organic traffic in to their sort of uh, webinar master class where they sort of show off their knowledge in a particular niche. And then after you draw the person in with these YouTube videos and send them to your webinar – they come out of the webinar signing up for a consultation, and then if they pass through the consultation, they become your client. So basically, it's this automated pipeline that gets clients for financial professionals. And it could be, you know, honestly, excuse me while you eat my breakfast here. <laughs> um, honestly, it it could be used for anything. You know, you could just kind of steer the model towards whatever you know profession or whatever you're trying to accomplish. But this particular Training has to do with financial professionals. So, anyway, um, the host of the training, a guy named Jeremiah Desmarais, a really interesting guy. I mean, you can tell he's sort of a virtual, you know, lifestyle design, Tim Ferriss sort of disciple type guy. Uh, he kind of leads the training and he is supported by a couple, married couple, uh, Carmen and Darius Britt, B R I T T, uh, who have a business called Wealth Nation. Okay, and so the three of them conduct the training. And, I mean, they go through – I mean, to be honest with you, if, if you didn't know anything about the Brits, you would think they were digital marketers because they have a very good grasp of how to use the internet, particularly YouTube, um, you know, the, the webinar software that they utilize uh, to record the screen and so forth called Loom. Um, the, the click funnels, uh, landing page software, uh, the, the active campaign email integration software. I mean, they have an f- extremely good grasp of this now. They say they, they've trial and errored this for years, so they've just had to play with it for a long time to get used to it. But at this point in time, if you ran across them now, you would say, wow, these, these two are, are just incredible digital marketers. They know how to create these automated uh, apparatuses that can, that can generate organic traffic and, and drive people towards a certain action, you know, a call to action. But anyway, uh, Carmen and Darius Britt are not digital marketers. <laughs> they are, again, they started this company called Wealth Nation. They are insurance agents who sell whole life insurance. That's That's their focus, is whole life. And so, not only do they sell whole life insurance, but they sell it under this sort of rubric of infinite banking, this, this, this whole idea that, that you can use whole life insurance for what's called infinite banking, uh, which I'm going to explain here in a second. So, and, 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 and I said before that I was reintroduced to this. And the reason I said that, guys, if, if you didn't listen to my welcome podcast, to brush you up on that. From 2007 to 2009, I was involved with uh, Mass Mutual, uh, the insurance company, getting my insurance and, and investment licenses. So, you get the insurance license, I got the Series 7, uh, Series 66 investment advisor licenses. So, those three licenses I'd been working on since 2007. I joined Mass Mutual for, for training in 2008. Uh, right when Lehman Brothers collapsed and then was with them for about a year till the summer of two thousand nine and I, you know i couldn't sell I couldn't sell water in the desert let's put it that way so i was I was out of that profession fairly uh quickly um, but but while I was there, I learned about uh whole life insurance amongst many other things, and I learned about the fact that whole life insurance is actually more of an investment vehicle of sorts than an insurance product, okay. And by that I mean it is an insurance product. I mean it has a death benefit if you pass away. There's a a number, you know, whatever that policy dictates, that passes on to your beneficiaries. So it definitely is an insurance product. But it operates in a way where it can also be utilized as a way of investing or putting your money to work so that your money makes more money. Okay, because whole life insurance policies have a cash value. Okay, different from term life. Term life is just a death benefit for, you know, for a 10-year period, 20 year, 30 whatever you get the term for. The only thing it's going to do is if you pass away during that term, pay that death benefit to your beneficiaries, nothing else. Okay, and then when that term's over, it goes away. I mean, then you have no insurance. Okay, but whole life insurance has the insurance part and this cash value part. And the interesting thing about the cash value portion is that it is... Earning interest, compound interest, and that means that you're earning interest on interest, okay so as you you know contribute to the policy and, and the cash value grows and it earns interest, the next time the interest uh, is calculated, it's on top of the money that you just earned, you know the the part you contributed and the part that was calculated due to interest. Okay, that becomes the new basis to calculate the next round of interest. Okay, so very rudimentary definition there, guys, of compound interest. There's a better one online, but just to kind of get us through this discussion, that's really the unique thing about Whole Life. Now, let me let me state, and I'll probably say this more than once during the podcast. I'm not an expert on insurance. Even when I took the class and the, and got my license, I wasn't an expert on insurance, and that was 12 years ago. So if anybody listening to this was interested in this concept or in whole life insurance or anything related to this, you have to go do your own due diligence. Like, like if you buy a whole life insurance policy because of this podcast, you made a mistake okay? because, because there, I, I just don't know enough about it to be fully able to educate you guys. But I can, I can kind of put this teaser out there for you to think about and then go look at it and say, OK, is this for me? What, what is this really about? You know, that kind of thing. And one of the things I was going to point out is there are nuances to whole life insurance policies. Like there are universal life policies, variable life policy, you know, there's, there's iterations of this general concept that you would want to look into. If you were serious about, yeah, Chris, I researched it. I want to do whole life. You should at least look at universal life, variable life, like take the whole picture into account and then go from there and make your decision. But I digress. So the point is I learned about insurance at Mass Mutual. I even bought a whole life insurance policy while I was there because I just had to meet a quota. I had to sell a policy to somebody, so I sold it to myself. And it was so expensive. I mean, it was like a $500,000 death benefit. I was 33-ish years old, so fairly good health. And I was paying $450 a month for that insurance. So I, cannot, I, mean, I can't imagine what I would pay for it today at 44 years old. Okay, so you know, probably double that um but anyway um so w- when when i went into this vae product the vaae uh training and the Brits were talking about infinite banking and whole life you know it triggered those those uh reminders those memories of doing it at mass mutual and 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 even hearing people at mass mutual talk about infinite banking now at the time i just you know i just wasn't paying attention well enough i guess or whatever but that that whole concept Did not resonate with me the way that it does today, okay? And what I mean by that, the really intriguing thing about it and how these things kind of intersect with each other is that as I learned about infinite banking during this training, I started to think, wait, this sounds like buy, borrow, die, Okay, and here's, here's why. Let me, let me explain Infinite Banking by reading from this website. I don't want to even come close to messing this up. I found a very good definition here that talks about the advantages and the, and the disadvantages. So for the next couple minutes, I'm just going to kind of read some of these excerpts to you guys so you can get on the same page as far as what is Infinite Banking. Like why is Chris even talking about this and why is he connecting it to buy, borrow, die? Okay, so... What is infinite banking? So on this website, says, quote, Infinite banking refers to a process by which an individual becomes his or her own banker. The infinite banking concept was created by Nelson Nash in his book, quote, Becoming Your Own Banker, unquote. Nash talks about the use of whole life insurance policies that distribute dividends and how owning such policies allows individuals to dictate the cash flow in their lives by borrowing against, from themselves – Instead of depending on banks or lenders for loans. Okay, so right there, I think just with reading that to you guys, you probably know why I was thinking about buy, borrow, die. Okay. Now, let me read a little bit further. Um, So here they go into, you know, digging deeper into the infinite banking concept. So in Nash's IBC, infinite banking concept, the cash surrender value of whole life insurance policies act as collateral for a loan. The individual simply needs to call the insurance company and ask to take out a policy loan. And uh, my apologies for the fire truck here at 6.45 in the morning, but that's one of about 10 or 20 that'll go by today here. Um, So let me continue. A whole life insurance policy is meant to cover the entirety of an individual's life, not simply to assist family, friends in the event of the individual's death. As such, the policy is eligible to pay out dividends, meaning it generates a form of income that increases the cash value of the policy over time. Okay, so think about that, guys. Let's take a break for a second. You're paying a premium into the policy. The policy has an interest rate on it. And some policies may also pay a dividend into the policy. So there's sort of three vectors, right, of cash flowing into this policy that keeps compounding and growing and growing and growing. Okay, so back to the website here. As soon as the policy is active, it possesses value... And can be borrowed again so that the individual can take money out of the policy as a loan, using the policy as collateral, to use for handling unexpected or or significant expenses that occur during an individual's life. Okay, so now it just breaks down some advantages and disadvantages. So, advantages, most outstanding, positive of infinite banking concept is sheer improvement in liquidity or cash flow. The value of a whole life insurance policy acting as collateral is far more liquid than, for example, equity in real estate. Because a loan can be taken out more quickly and the individual can secure cash in hand faster and usually at lower interest rates than those available from traditional lenders. Uh, The improvement to an individual's cash flow can be significant, especially in times of financial hardship. Uh, An insurance policy loan can also come in handy if an individual happens to be without work for a time, whether due to health issues, death in the family, loss of a job. And because whole life insurance policies are non-correlated assets, meaning they're not tied to the whims of the stock market, They are set to retain their worth. Okay, so that was the advantages part. Let's take a look at the disadvantages here. Okay, I know this is kind of like a fire hose type situation here, guys. Definitely, we'll be talking more about this in future podcasts. And, of course, I encourage you to do your own research. But real quick, shifting over to disadvantages. Infinite banking is not without its drawbacks. An individual must qualify for a whole life insurance policy. And even if the individual qualifies, the financial burden that often comes with paying for the policy can be weighty. Okay, you know, reference my, you know, as a, as a fairly young, healthy male, I was paying $450 a month for a half million dollar policy. Okay, so if that, that, that tells you something. Okay, again, today I probably would pay at least... 600-plus, probably more in the 800s is my guess, being 44 years old, uh, for that same policy. okay. Uh, but back to the website. It's common and recommended practice for an individual to put at least 10% of their regular income into their whole life policy. For certain families, that large a financial commitment simply isn't an option. If the policyholder should fall upon hard times and take out a loan against their policy, they run the risk of being unable to make adequate payments on it later on down the road. In the end, the infinite banking concept and practice are not for individuals without financial conviction and the ability to think clearly and see the process through into the future. The concept requires an individual who is financially sound and who is willing and able to make a long-term financial play. It's important to consider all of the aforementioned factors after or before becoming your own banker. Okay, so you guys see the the, the connection to buy, borrow, die. And and I I, I don't know what it was, but I, I just didn't make the connection when I first read the uh, USC professor that I've referenced, uh, the guy who basically introduced me to buy, borrow, die, Ed McCaffrey, in one of the articles of his that I had read, um, he I, I think he mentioned whole life insurance. And then definitely in the emails that I exchanged with him, uh, when I was asking him some questions, he had written back to one of those rounds of questions and mentioned whole life insurance. So the idea that whole life can be used to borrow against and then pay back over time, where you're paying yourself back. It's 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 kind of been out there. I just didn't focus on it because I'm not a big fan of insurance, uh, because I was just turned off to it by this prior experience. And meanwhile, you know, I'm kind of you know I'm kind of missing this big vertical uh, that that has to do with buy, borrow, die, and 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 you know, and has other advantages to it. Obviously, uh, on top of that, but I just was kind of missing it. It was in my blind spot. And so it took taking this Vay training uh from from uh the, the, this company called Advisorist with Jeremiah and the Brits and so forth to be reintroduced to why whole life insurance can be very uh advantageous from this perspective. And then by doing that, by running into that concept through them, it connected me back to uh the buy borrow die stuff I'd learned elsewhere, okay? Now, a slight variance here on, on buy, borrow, die versus the whole life. When you do the whole life insurance, as you could tell from what I read you, you are your own bank. You are two entities. You're the borrower and you're the lender. So, so you, you're a bank in the sense that you have this cash value policy just waiting to be lent out, right? And you control that, okay? Now, of course, you have to go to the insurance company and ask for the loan. But the point is they, I mean they know you own and, and hold the policy. Okay, you also are on the other end of the equation. You are the uh, borrower, okay, so you're borrowing from yourself, you're your own banker, okay, and when you go to the insurance company and take out the loan and you make payments on that loan, you are literally sending the payments back into your insurance policy, okay, so the interest accrued on those payments, whatever uh the- you know, the principal. Uh, portion uh, of the balance is being paid back into your own insurance policy, right? It's a little bit different than, let's say, buy, borrow, die with stocks, where you have all these stock options that don't generate any cash, and you go to a bank that isn't you, <laughs> okay, you go to you know, Bank of America, whatever, and you say, hey, I have all these stock options, they're going up in value, I want to borrow against the gain, Okay. So that's one version of buy, borrow, die, where you're sort of using an external bank or banking mechanism to borrow against versus a whole life insurance policy where you are literally borrowing against yourself. Okay, now the insurance company, as I said, it's making the cash available to you. It's, 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 it's allowing you to tap into the policy and it is charging you a fee for doing so. Okay, that wasn't mentioned on this website. I hadn't mentioned that before. You do pay a fee Uh, I think in most or all policies for accessing that cash that way. But nonetheless, the compound interest that you earn over the life of the policy and the life of the loan that you took will outpace the fee, the simple interest fee that you pay up front, right? Because you're paying a simple interest fee up front, right? We just take a percentage against the amount that you're borrowing and that's the only amount you pay. It doesn't keep accruing every month. So that's on the fee side, but on the earning side, you're getting the compound interest, right? Where you earn interest, and then the next month, the interest is calculated on top of that, and then the next month, it's calculated on top of that, and so on and so on and so on. Okay, so even with a fee involved, it doesn't detract from uh, the value of, of using this approach, okay? So, um, so like I said, guys, so you can, you can see that this is a buy, borrow, die type of approach or type of mechanism. And the interesting thing about it, I mean, I'm a really big real estate guy. You, you know that. I mean, I've talked about it on here before. I wrote that, that book that I wrote about it uh, back in the summertime. But there's some interesting things here. I mean, first of all, as the website mentioned, the, 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 the growth of the, um, of the uh, policy is not tied to any performance, right? It's not, tied to, it's not correlated to the stock market or some other. I mean, the only thing you're kind of worried about there, I think, is does the insurance company go belly up? Right, if you get a whole life insurance policy from a third rate insurance company, yeah, you might lose sleep at night that they're gonna go under and they're gonna, you know, void your policy or something like that, right? I'm not even sure how that works, to be honest with you guys. I don't know what would happen if you had a viable paid up policy that you were that you were current on your payments and that company went under. That's a that's actually a good question of research. But the point is it's not correlated to anything that has a performance factor, right? I mean Look, real estate is very inelastic. It is, it is eons better than the stock market in my opinion. But there's still a performance aspect, right? There's still how's the housing market, how's the regional market, how's the local market, is my tenant paying rent, right? You have, you have some variables there on whether you're going to get the financial benefit from that piece of real estate, right? Well, with whole life, it has nothing to do with that. It's not correlated to anything. Okay, so so that's kind of a big deal, (laughs) okay? So the fact that you just, it's kind of like fire and forget. You're just dumping money into this thing and you're getting, you know, the the compound interest and maybe some dividends, and it's just piling up. And the other advantage, the second thing mentioned here that that jumps out at me, uh, is the fact that you can tap into the cash so quickly. I mean, if you're borrowing against a piece of real estate, there's a little bit of a process there. Uh, I've never done it myself, but my understanding is, before a bank is going to give you that 80% loan-to-value uh, or 80% of the value of the home as a, as a loan to borrow against the house, um, they're going to do an appraisal, they're going to, there's going to be paperwork, there's going to be a closing, you know, you're going to pay fees for it. So you have to go through some hoops there. But if you're tapping into the cash value of your life insurance policy, there's no such thing, okay? You're going to get to that cash a lot quicker. And the reason that the, the insurance company is going to give you this loan fairly frictionless is because they know you have the policy. They have the, the collateral for, for the loan is sitting right in front of them. And it's even better collateral than, let's say, a bank taking the house back from you because banks don't like to manage houses. right? They will take that asset from you. right? If you don't pay on your house, they'll take the house from you. But banks hate to have lots of houses on their balance sheet. Okay, they're unwieldy, illiquid assets. But a whole life insurance policy is just pure cash. So they're glad to take that as collateral, okay? So that's how you get these loans so easily out of these whole life insurance policies, okay? So the non-correlation performance-wise and the ease of which you can tap into the cash is just huge, okay? Um, and, And so it's a very, very interesting and intriguing vehicle from my perspective based on those two major things. Okay, It doesn't detract from the way I feel about real estate. I'll be totally frank with you about that. It doesn't change anything about how I feel about real estate. But it does make me think that this is an interesting compliment. For me personally, I'm not saying this is the way you guys should feel. But for me personally, complementing the real estate investments with the whole life insurance policy is a big deal to me to, to try to get to the bottom of that and figure that out. Okay. So the only thing I wanted to say as we get close to wrapping this up, we've only spent a half hour here, is... When I was first uh learning about the infinite banking, and I was kind of poking around the 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 internet um and i just I just kind of googled you know you know something about benefits a whole life or something like that. up comes a website it literally i mean this wasn't the exact title but this was almost the title. It said something like, why rich people buy whole life and everybody else buys term? You know, or something like that. Like, it was just, you know, it, it, was, it was a clear delineation, right? And when you think about it, you know, if you're middle class or, or below, I mean, nobody's even going to bring whole life up to you because they're going to assume you can't afford the premium, you're not going to keep up with it, you don't really need it because you're not doing any estate planning, you're not going to even, you're not going to even entertain the notion of buy, borrow, die because you've been taught your whole life to be, you know, scared shitless of debt right <laughs> so so nobody nobody will even talk to you about whole life they're just be like oh you need term life 10 years 20 years 30 years let's calculate the amount you need do you have a mortgage do you have credit card built like you know what do you need to pay off if you die and your your husband or wife needs to take care of in your stead that that's the conversation you're gonna have right you're not even gonna you're not even gonna enter into this discussion is the assumption right and then on the other side of the playing field where rich and wealthy people are playing, this is the only insurance they consider. The only insurance they consider is whole life, right? It goes all the way to their death, no matter when they die, so they always have it. It's working for, it's money working for them, right? They're putting the money into the policy and then the money goes to work because of the compound interest and the dividends. And then they can borrow against it, tax-free, right? Because when you take a loan of any sort, it's not income. So the IRS doesn't tax it. Right, so you reach into the policy, you take the money out, boom, you've got you've got tax free income uh, or tax free cash that you can fund various. I mean, you can you can take money out and you can live off of it. I mean, you know, if you have enough in there, you can do a pure buy borrow die and finance your lifestyle. Um, You could um, you could take it out. And then, and then go invest it somewhere else. Um, you know, let's say borrow from your whole life insurance policy. Go buy more real estate, as an example. Um, you know, or, or dump it into the stock market or whatever. I mean, whatever, you know, a wealthy person might do with the money, they, they have a lot of uh, choices there, right? So it's just interesting. I mean, this is for a totally different podcast. I mean, I'm probably going to do an entire podcast. It could be a full 60 minutes um, on just the way that there are two realities. Okay, there's a, there's a financial reality for wealthy people that's sort of passed on generation to generation that just kind of stays in that lineage, and then there's a financial reality for everybody else, and they have nothing to do with each other. They're, in fact, they're almost the polar opposite of each other. Right? One side loves debt, uses it productively. The other side hates it, but uses it destructively. You know, One side buys whole life. The other side buys term life. One side buys a home to live in and nothing else. The other side rents their home and buys tons of property and rents it out. You see what I'm saying? Two different worlds. If you live in one, that's probably the one you're going to kind of get stuck in. Okay? I mean, you're not going to get unwealthy and deviate from these principles. But if you're on the other side, it's very hard to get out of the traditional approach uh, to money and finance, right? And break break out and get to the other side, right? So you kind of get stuck one way or the other. Okay, and so that's something I definitely want to. I mean, I'm kind of teeing up a, a future podcast by talking about that, but but the point is, guys, to kind of start wrapping this up, I would say this: if if this is at all interesting to you, you got to go out and do some research. Like, go out and learn about whole life insurance. Go out and learn about the differences between that and term life. Go, I mean, first of all, and I and I'll be posting this stuff liberally because I absolutely love the Wealth Nation um, uh, YouTube channel. Uh, I think Carmen and Darius Britt are outstanding uh, teachers of the concept. They have a very, uh, very, um, you know, uh, robust YouTube channel with all kinds of ways of using infinite banking and use it for this, use it for that kind of stuff. Uh, And they also talk about just kind of lifestyle design, how they've used their uh, infinite banking uh, approach to fund their non-traditional lifestyle where they're traveling a lot, they're living, you know, they're working off their laptop, they're generating clients for their insurance business virtually. Okay, it's all the stuff that, you know, I kind of fantasize about, okay? So so they they've achieved that and they talk about that a lot on there. And you can tell they've they have enlightened themselves on, you know, how banks operate, how banks use, you know, fractional reserves to multiply their money. Um, and to and to make profits on top of profits on top of profits, you know, interest on interest on interest. Okay, so they know that whole game. I mean, you can just tell from the language they use and the things that they reference. Okay, and of course they're Kiyosaki disciples and, and so forth. Okay, so I would urge you guys, like, like right after you finish a podcast, go go look up Wealth Nation on YouTube. Uh, they have they don't they're not that active on social media. It's kind of interesting. Their their social media is their YouTube channel. But they do have a Facebook page. It's like wealthnation.io. Okay, I don't know what the I.O. is for, but um wealthnation.io on Facebook and then Instagram, same thing, you just look up Wealth Nation. Um and they post occasionally, but it's not it's not like they're out there posting content all the time. It's really the YouTube channel that has their content. Okay, but definitely check them out. Watch some videos on infinite banking. They actually have a three-part series, like in like just to introduce you to the concepts, like part one, two, three like 20 minutes, 13 minutes, and 30 minutes or something like that. So in about an hour, you can go through that little playlist they have and you can go ahead and um, uh, and learn about infinite banking. In fact, I'll try to post the playlist itself on my Facebook page. Uh, but I do know I've, I've sent out at least one of the videos somewhere. I forget if I tweeted it or Facebooked it or whatever. But the point is I'll, I'll try to post the whole playlist. And if not, then I'll do three posts in a row. But you guys should watch those videos, research this kind of insurance, Look up the advantages and disadvantages. One thing the Brits say in their presentation, just in terms of the drawback of whole life and how expensive it can be, say generally speaking, you need to be able to pay 10 times your age in premium. Okay. So, for example, for me, I would have to be able to pay at least $440 a month to even play in their sandbox. Okay. Now, the thing about that I didn't mention before, guys, before we wrap up, is that obviously you can calibrate that premium by changing the death benefit. So let's say you're like, oh, I need a half a million dollars of insurance, and you get a quote, and it turns out it's $600 a month. You can say, well, okay, how about I get $250,000 death benefit? Now it's $300 a month. And again, it's not going to be that linear. But the point is you can calibrate the death benefit to calibrate the premium and make it more affordable. And the whole thing is you probably are going to combine whole life with term life anyway. Right. If you even believe in these kind of defensive financial measures, I mean, some people just don't buy insurance anyway, but you could say, hey, I need a big death benefit for my family. Okay, I'll go buy term life and pay a low premium for it, but I also want a whole life insurance policy to act as this sort of lending mechanism, uh, and I'll just take a lower death benefit because I don't, I'm not worried about the death benefit. Right. I've already got the term life, so I'll take a low death benefit to bring my premium down so I can at least start building up over time, right? And I know I can afford the policy. I know I'll keep up with the policy. Okay, so that's another discussion to you guys, just sort of the tactical approach to how you pick the policy and all. Again, not financial advice. (laughs) You know, please do your own research. Talk to your own financial advisor. But I hope that I sparked something here for you guys. Uh, I will definitely be talking more about this on here. I mean, I'm on my own little journey of rediscovering this product, this investment vehicle. Um, I've got my own research to do on it. I have lots of questions about, you know, How you combine it with term and how I can qualify and who's the best place to get it from. So you guys will see me talking and posting about this a lot. So if you're interested in it, just follow me here on the podcast. I'll talk about it again. You'll see it on the Facebook page. You'll see it on a Twitter feed. I'll also be posting about it in Wealth For Real uh, where I really kind of look at it just strictly from like a financial perspective, not just a total lifestyle perspective. Uh, But anyway, guys, so thanks for listening to the podcast. Really appreciate it, guys. Um, you know, really trying to get at least two of these up a week. I actually am kind of aiming for three a week now, like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, to, get, to get three episodes knocked out per week. But, you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm definitely sticking to the, the two a week uh, at a bare minimum as best I can. But with that, guys, I'm going to wrap it up here. Uh, we'll definitely talk again this week. Um, and got some other exciting kind of updates and things going on with like the virtual uh, assistant that I have and the Fiverr uh, affiliate marketing experiment. So, a lot of ground to cover this week, guys. But I hope everybody has a great start to their work week. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, check me out on Facebook at Christopher Anastasio LLC. Uh, please like the page. Uh, at CJ Anastasio on Twitter, please follow. And uh, once again, appreciate you guys' support, listening, uh, the whole nine yards. Thanks again, guys. Uh, have a great day and stay safe. Bye bye.